people. And I think that the opportunity is to be of service to our attorneys and the families that we help and getting in touch with various vendors, service providers, partners of the process is critical. I'm really excited to recently have come across a um, fascinating service um, that uh, was introduced by another provider that I work with. The company is Full Circle Aftercare. I'm really fortunate to have the uh, president, I think, and owner of the company, but you can correct me as far as the structure, uh, Matthew uh, Van Drubelman. Matthew, thank you for being on our call today. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. So give, so first off, you tell me, what is the company? And, and I mean, I know you and I had a, a conversation, which I love. It's on my YouTube channel. I wouldn't share you with people, but rather me butcher it. I'll just go to the source. What is it your, your service provides for families after the loss of love? And what exactly, what do you do? And what's your role in that company? Great question. So I'm the owner and founder, uh, started this company about 10 years ago, and uh, we are now in 41 states. We help uh, around 15 to 1600 families a month. And specifically what we're looking at is when someone passes away, we think about the legal side, we think about the funeral side, but we don't think about all of the other personal affairs of, the, of our loved ones. Um, everything from you know, their email accounts to social security benefits, that's a big one, credit cards, bank accounts, um, because those are the things that attorneys don't help with that don't get addressed in probate. And families really struggle getting through those next steps. So um, I'll show you the backside of this big binder. This is one of the largest funeral home conglomerates in the United States. They sell this planner that is supposed to kind of walk through all the next steps with the family they sell it for about 500 dollars in some markets and what we have found is families struggle with knowing what to do and and binders or checklists are helpful but in reality they just don't want to do those next steps on their own so we are a concierge service we white label with funeral homes hospices uh real estate agents uh lawyers and we go in and help uh, that family person to person understand what there is. And then we actually make all the phone calls and all the notifications so that they can get their personal affairs wrapped up. Um, on their own, the average family takes about a year to a year and a half, make those notifications. On average, we're done in less than a week. Yeah, and on average means half are shorter and half are longer, right. which probably also includes that never get done, I would think, doing with these families. Uh, and the website is full-circlecare.com. So right. give me an idea of, you know, uh, who calls you and when do they call you? And then what does that look like at that point? Great question. So like I said, we white label under most of our partners. And so what typically happens, like in a funeral home, ex an example there, the funeral home would gift our service as part of their services to the family they would report the information to us and we would reach out to that family typically within 72 hours of them meeting with that funeral home. Um, so we we white label so from the family's perspective we're just abc funeral home calling i'm your aftercare specialist to help you with all the next steps and then we we like to schedule that appointment out two to three weeks later um, because the family's so overwhelmed right there at the beginning and then uh, whenever the family is ready, we'll, we'll do that appointment where we kind of go through that checklist and those next steps. So that's our typical mode of operation is getting that death notification and then reaching out to the family a couple of days later and scheduling an appointment a few weeks after that. You know, one of the questions I got out of the gate, and, and I, I, I'm really excited to have Matthew Wad to learn from him two things. One, specifically what they do, because if his service isn't doing it, Oftentimes we end up doing it or clients end up doing it or the attorney does it or nobody does it, number one. Number two is the principles that he's talking about are the same principles that we need to have as we service some of the same people or some of the service providers working in the same spot. So you really wanna wear two hats here. You wanna learn what he does and you also in his company. And then you also wanna learn, well, how do I kind of copy their success in my relationships with my partners and such. So the question that, uh, on, on the on the Facebook, and I appreciate the input. And if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, 
or LinkedIn, feel free to put your questions. The question I got was, how do you get the probate listings as a broker? That's a whole topic I talk about on my YouTube channel in detail. Today, we're really learning the, the number one way to get more business is if you're more viable to the customer than anybody else, you get the business. That's just how life works. And so what Matthew's describing is how they provide value through the partners, funeral homes being a big one, and through that, they earn the opportunity to do business with them, and then they bring in other partners as well. So let's talk about what is the, in your case, you're talking about selling it to funeral homes. I'm sure they, they deal this all the time. Is there an opportunity for one-off as a real estate agent or a financial planner, attorney, they have one customer that could benefit from the service as a one-off opportunity available? What's the cost to provide the service there? Yeah, so there's actually opportunity to work with us with a financial planner or real estate agent in, in two ways. One, if we already have a client in your area, like a funeral home or a hospice or a law firm, what we always like to do is we like to have a local financial planner, local real estate agent, local uh, junk removal service. You know, there's several other services that we can't provide to the family. And what will happen is we go through the checklist with the family. We determine that they need that help. You know, for example, real estate. Hey, it looks like, you know, what are you going to do with the home? You don't know next steps. It'd be a good time to bring in a real estate agent to consider what those next steps are. So we do have a referral program where we can refer directly to uh, any of those um, agents who would be interested. And then uh, one off clients. So we do a wholesale cost of $200. And then uh, we have had a lot of everything from like assisted living facilities to real estate agents, financial planners who will pay for our service uh, because you know, the number one way, especially for a financial planner, number one way to lose a client is through debt, right? And so right. we've had financial planners who will pay for our service, the $200 fee, uh, we'll go in, help the family and then say, okay, this is all of your personal affairs are all wrapped up. We closed Facebook. We, you know, closed all these other accounts. The next step is to meet with your financial planner again. So I'm going to schedule an appointment back with them. Um, who provided the service right. so we're very cognizant of what our clients need uh, for their families and we just reschedule appointments for them to to meet with them again the good news is since the last time you spoke you and i spoke a month or two ago and now i haven't known anybody that passed that i could offer the service but to me it's a no-brainer because you're doing some of the work that i would have to do for free but you're doing the work it's gonna be done and then if you're bringing other partners it becomes a, a, a no-brainer so again, for all of us real estate agents, uh, a way to differentiate yourself, yes, it costs $200. I'd rather spend $200 to service a family in need than 200 postcards that are going to go in the mail and get thrown out and not, uh, and never really went to do any business with me. So that was kind of my thinking of the process. So um, so as a real estate agent, if I bought this, if I bought the package behalf of somebody, I sign them up, I guess, or I send them a link and they get signed up on the process. And then what's the next step? Do you reach, does your service, not you personally, 1,500 people a month. Wow, that's a lot. Um, somebody, is, it, is it a personal service? Did somebody call them? What's the, what's the introduction look like? For, for us to, for the, the client to introduce them to us, you mean? Well, if I, if I buy a package on behalf of a client and gave it to them, what's, yeah. that, what's the next step look like? So the next step would be for you to email us uh, the contact information of that client, say, Hey, uh, have this client we're working with. We'd love to pay for the service. Um, and then what we will do is we will reach out to them directly. What we found is so many families are just in this brain fog in yeah. those moments. as you've worked with them, you know, yeah. and it's hard for them to kind of do those next steps. So we want to take as much off their plate as possible. We don't want them to think about reaching out. So we'll send a text message first and then a couple phone calls with voicemails to, uh, schedule their appointment say hey this is something that bill has provided uh paid for for us to come and help you with all those next steps and we will help them um kind of make those notifications and those next uh all that they have to deal with and then we'll just invoice you uh once we're done with that service by the way if you send us a family and the family ends up not using the service we don't invoice you or if we start going through the checklist which happens several times and the family just there's not that much to do. They think there's a lot to do. They just really needed someone to answer some questions. We do a consultation fee of $20. So, oh, oh it was going to be 200, but we just, turns out they didn't need a lot. We're just consulting with them, answering their questions. $20 is all we charge for that. Well, fantastic. Well, I, this is a good time to get 
a break and do a little housekeeping items. First off, this is Probate Weekly. We do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream it on social media. If you're watching a live stream, watch the, the chat there. I see a bunch of people on YouTube and Facebook. Feel free to put questions there. Or if you're on the Zoom, uh, love to have you come in live, ask questions, participate. Just put a question in the box and or raise your hand in the Zoom application. Love to get to participate. Second, feel free to network. I see uh, Wisdom uh, Covington uh, first in line, but definitely uh, put in your contact info. It's meant to network. We have on the call right now 62 people on the Zoom. Love to have you guys uh, work with each other, find each other, service each other, and, and do business together. Part of when I created this podcast, that was the idea that we should create a network of people that we can do business with. Um, third, if you're in Los Angeles tonight, uh, it's now 4.12, but at 5.30, I'm hosting Brew Real Estate. It's a once a month, first Thursday of the month at in the uh, uh, Mid Wilshire area at the All Season Brew. We've not been there. It's a fantastic place. If you're a real estate agent and you need to register, give me a business card. I'll buy a free beer. But it's a fantastic venue. It'll be packed, and they brew on the premises. It'll be a lot of fun. Love to see you there if you want to join us for that. Next, before we go on, the the person who introduced me to Matthew is really a key partner in in my business. Um, she's a uh, um, representative with Inherit Now, which is a, um, a probate advanced company that I've interviewed and worked with and support. They also, she's part of a, of a company that has a couple other arms. But Alyssa, thank you so much for introducing Matthew to us. I appreciate that. Well, we're happy to have the relationship with Full Circle Aftercare. And uh, Matthew should tell you all a little bit about the people who work and we'll be working with your client referrals and their background and how he he hires and staffs his firm. I think that story is is well deserved to be uh, to be told. And we're looking forward to helping any of you if you have probate situations where you need liquidity for clients prior to probate closing. We'd like to be the resource that you use um as well as uh as working with our other partners so thank you bill for the opportunity thank you inherit now is a great partner they do great work in the uh, advanced space and um, which is a critical tool i think all of this is about answering the question how to distinguish myself from the competition it's knowing more and doing more and if you're helping customers with administrative work like Matthew, or you're helping them with listen to get some money up front to get some work done on their own or or to get their legal fees their costs securing the property, there's great opportunities. So thank you, Alyssa. And that, and by the way, her company, you know, I'll just throw real quick, is Inherit Now and great service. I've interviewed them on, my, on this program as well in the past and recommend them highly. Um, okay, good. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you so much. So great. Thank you for doing my job, by the way. Alyssa, I'm going to throw you out of here just for that. Um, tell me about the people, Matthew. Uh, tell me about the quality of the staff. Are we getting virtual assistance out of the Philippines? Are we getting virtual assistance out of Mexico? Who are the people who are handling our customers? Yeah, great question. So first of all, uh, Inherit Now is a fantastic service. We have partnered with them for a while now, and it's been a great resource for families. Um, truly one of those just invaluable services for families. So yeah, uh, yeah a little background on me. I'll, I'll show you my family photo over here. There's my wife and our six kids. Wow. Um, but my wife, uh, she started she got her master's degree at age 22 and uh, got invited back by the university to become a full professor. And so she was younger than most people she was teaching. And uh, so we got married, had a baby a few years later. And uh, one day she calls me up and she's like, I can't do it. I, I cannot leave our daughter every day to go uh, teach. And it was a really hard decision for her but she felt like she needed to stay home uh, to raise our kids. And that was very, very difficult. And, and through that process, I started noticing so many women that I knew who were just so capable and wonderful, who had put their career on pause in order to go take care of elderly parents or children or someone else. And when they go to reenter the workforce, if they're still taking care of, of their family members, it's really hard for them sometimes to find flexible schedules. And it's also hard if they've been out of the workforce for a while to get any job because they have um, they have a big gap in their resume. So one of the principles that we have built our company on is we wanna create a stepping stone for those women who have uh, been caretakers in some way. 
And so we actively have a program for stay-at-home moms and, and other caretaking women who have been out of the workforce for a time. We give them 100% flexible schedule and allow them to come back and do this meaningful work. We feel like that is a valuable um, experience for them. And, and in truth, I was doing it at the beginning just to help them because I thought after working with me for a year or two, I mean, their resume is pretty spectacular. They could go to an insurance agency, a real estate agency. I've helped all these families. I know all this background. But what ended up happening was that became our secret sauce because one, none of them are leaving, which kind of surprised me. I thought they'd go get better jobs. But two, um, they are just so good at multitasking and, and their whole heart is in helping people. So when these families come in that need these help, need this help, they just feel so fulfilled in taking care of them. And, and really, I don't know a better word than mothering, because you'd think in this kind of scenario, you'd be really like, oh, I'm so sorry, so difficult. But there, there is that, but there also needs to be, listen, I know how much you're hurting. We have to get these things done so right. that it's off your plate. And let me do it. And they can say it in a way that's motherly and if I say it, I just sound like a jerk. <laughs> and I do that every day. They are just so amazing at multitasking, taking care of these families. And um, that's why our model is we want them to be experts and there's no script. They're just there to help them with whatever they have to deal with. And they're not going to let go until it's done. So the family never feels like, okay, I hit my time limit. You're out. We're just there. Keep, keep helping them until everything's done, um, which is really great for them. So what you're saying is mothers are good at mothering and multitasking. And was that like a big insight for you or something? Was that like a discovery? Wow. Well, it, it was an insight in how that translated to become the secret sauce of our business. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Wow, that's exciting. So, um, okay. So that's the secret sauce on the people and how that relates to people. Um, uh, so let's talk about where your business comes from. I imagine like you talk about uh, funeral homes and, and there, there's – chains or conglomerates or you know, even principals that have several you know homes and such and other businesses what do you do and, and obviously by asking this proprietary you know just feel free to say that what do you do because in some ways you're doing the same thing we are on a bigger scale smaller slice right. so what so from a marketing point of view um what's what kind of some of the key strategies that you do follow and what's some of the marketing strategies that you follow that don't make sense for your business Great question. So um, I am new to this whole industry, both hospice, funeral home, everything. Uh, I didn't know law firms. I didn't know it all. In fact, my background is real estate. Uh, I started in real estate. My dad was a real estate appraiser. I went and got my civil engineering degree and started working in real estate right of way for government agencies. And I had a friend who worked in a funeral home and he saw that families were really struggling with this need. And so we decided to create this company together. Uh, I, I since bought him out uh, just a couple of years after we started, but I had to relearn a whole new market, which was scary, right? I mean, I think before I really depended my real estate uh, career was on who you know and trying to work my network. And now I had zero network. I had no funeral homeowners that I knew or ever even met one. And so um, that first segment was just the old traditional stuff. I was knocking on doors. I was walking in, asking them um, questions. Hey, this is a business I think I'd like to start. Tell me what you think about it. And then what I found is our number one way to grow has been word of mouth referrals. So we get one or two early adopters. They have great experience. And then they just tell everyone about um, what an experience they've had with us. After that, we have jumped into um, a lot of conventions and a lot of traditional marketing for these business-to-business -business conferences has been helpful. Um, and then lately, social media has been our number one way. So what our, my approach on social media has been was just to give away all my secrets, right? So we go on social media and we tell in LinkedIn, exactly what we do for families and why that's helpful. Um, you know, tips and tricks like, hey, when someone passes away, don't go tell the bank right away because they're going to freeze that account and you have to have everything go through. So make sure that you wait for a while or this is how Social Security works. And giving away that information, I have found um, 
intrigues people and then they see me more as an expert and then they come to us at uh, times of need. And so uh, between word of mouth referrals from satisfied customers and then um, giving away information, social media, those, and then the, the conventions have been really helpful for us in marketing and growth. You see your social media primarily opening new contacts or amplifying maybe contacts you met at conventions and referrals that maybe didn't do anything, but they remember you when they need you. Right, exactly. So I have, um, I do both. So I, I'll reach out to new contacts that I, I can see are influential in the industry um, and, and ask them connect to connect. And then anyone who I meet, I always try to get business card, contact information, try to connect with them on a personal level. Um, so right now, I think like on my LinkedIn page, I think I have uh, close to 6,000 connections. And we get probably one to two new clients per month just from LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, LinkedIn, I just can't find a way to make that one fit for me. And uh, I, and you're the second, I would say, key partner of mine who uh, has said this, I think, last week. So I got to get a look at it. So you share all your secrets. So yeah. I know there must have been one day where that was not what you're doing and you gave it a shot. What gave you the courage uh, to, to share all your secrets? Uh, and and how's that played out? Well, it was really, I actually had an employee who, uh, she was kind of with me from the beginning and she was so scared saying, oh my goodness, what is going to, um, if you start telling people what we do, then what's our value? And I said, our value is not on what we do. It's on the fact that we're willing to do it, right? Like someone can come tell me exactly the best way to cut grass, but I'm willing to pay 20 bucks for you to go do it for me. So so um that's where our value is and and so that first step was really scary and starting to tell the exact processes that we help people with especially as i saw my competitors kind of coming into the space they're not really direct competitors but like watching that but it really elevated us to this expert status now most conventions i go to they ask me to speak because i'm able to go into detail about each of these processes that people have questions on that they're having to ask answer those questions um and and it's just been helpful it seems to me that there, there's two types of people in the world there's ones that no matter what you do they want to do everything themselves because they can't see anybody getting a penny as a result of their business they just can't they sell the house themselves they're going to do self-help legal they do their own bookkeeping and they'll ask you many questions they're going to do it all themselves but they're an audience for you on your social media. Another group I would say are people who, to use your analogy, cutting grass. If I know you're the best grass cutter in the world and you only charge me 20 bucks, boom, come by and cut my grass too. I would be, I'd be all over that. So that, that's a very deep insight. Um, I noticed that you didn't say that you do specifically, I just want to throw out because I have I have real estate agents on here who I talk to all the time who who want to say, yeah, but I really just want to buy data and cold call probate filings and get them to list with me. It doesn't really work, but I'm gonna do that. But it doesn't really work, but I'm gonna do that. And the other one that they kind of fall prey to is pre-probate, which might you might think fits more for you or not. Have you ever bought the pre-probate data? I'm sure you've been pitched it a million times. Is that something that works for you? To me, it seems like I'd rather work with the relationships refer me business than work with strangers. But what's your take on that? Yeah, so up to this point, we have not done any kind of direct to consumer model um, because it's so expensive. In fact, I was just answering a question that someone uh, asked in chat saying, there's two prices on your website. I apologize, we're updating our website. So they reverted back to some older versions and there's two page, there's several old pages from different versions of our website that got reverted back to you. So there's two, two pricing, direct cost is 499, but we wholesale for 200. Um, but um we direct to consumer has been is it's expensive for us to market to um right now because we have such a narrow window to find families that in that that status where meeting with a funeral home i can get one funeral home and get 30 families a month where i can get one attorney and most of my attorneys will sell you know 10 to 15 families a month or something like that a hospice, I have one hospice that sends me over 100 families a month. Wow. So um, getting in with those specific clients is much easier to maintain that relationships. So we just had to add, we had to really sit down and listen to them and what their needs were 
and then try to find a way that we can serve their families and then provide them with their needs. And I want all the agents to hear it because here's a business that literally makes the same money whether they go to probate or not, right? right? You have nothing to do with it, whether it could be a trust or no real estate, it's all the same to you, the problem you're solving and the, and the, the fee that you're charging. And yet you're not attacking pre-probates because it's just direct to consumers too expensive. Here's real estate agents. We want to do the same thing. And I keep saying to our agents, no, talk to your database, find the nurse who's at the adult center, find the spouse who's an attorney in a firm that does probate or trust admin, and then market to them. That's business to business. And here's a guy whose company is doing 1500 a month. Now, as a realtor, we only need one or two or three a month to make a good living. He's doing 1500 a month. And how do you do that? It's by being efficient with your time. So thank you for sharing that. Agreed. Um, Let's see. So one of the, and then the, another question uh, from uh, Afra from Chicago. Hey, Afra, I don't think we've met before, but welcome to our call. What do I get started pursuing probate leads? So Afra, on my website, on my YouTube channel, Bill Gross EXP, I have uh, a couple of videos on 11 ways to sell, meaning listings uh, through probate, 11 ways to work with buyers on probate, and 11 ways to make money in probate. Take a look at that series if you're getting started. But I think the foundation, if you hear what Matthew's saying, he's confirming what I've always said, which is the fastest way to the business is the people you already know and dig deeper there uh, and look for those relationships that make sense there. Um, In-person is okay now after COVID. So Robert asked a question, are you able to go in person uh, to visits after COVID? And the answer is yeah, because I'm even in Los Angeles, everything's pretty much wide open now less traffic, less attendance. What do you see? You've been to some conventions uh, in the last year or so, less attendance, same attendance. What do you see as a difference there? We had a lot of attendance last year. Uh, one of our big national conventions just happened and we had less attendance, but they also moved it till the end of May when it was usually in March. And I think the end of May is just a busy time. But yeah, I'm seeing very strong attendance for all of the conventions we go to. Yeah, obviously the meetings I do, I, I host uh, being tonight, uh, one next Thursday as well. And I said the numbers are about the same as pre-COVID. Even Los Angeles, we're about as locked down, I think, as any as any city in America was at any time. And uh, our teachers, I think, still wear masks uh, in Los Angeles. But uh, you know, that's a whole other story. Okay. So, um, and again, if you're on watching this, this is probably weekly. Feel free to drop questions in the chat. I see a big following online, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We've got a couple of questions there. Or if you're in the Zoom call, Feel free to ask a question or raise your hand. I'd be glad to bring you in live and go through it in detail. So you mentioned that I know you have been a real estate agent, um, uh, but you're not practicing, certainly not full-time at that, you got this business you're running. But imagine you were gonna coach a family member, friend who was in real estate. They've been in the business a couple of years, they made a little bit of money, want to increase their business, are interested in this niche or this, this genre of business. What would your best advice be for them to help them build their business? How could they use the same principles you're using and build their business? Yeah, I think that the big thing for building a real estate business and any like, same thing with ours is finding those influence centers that you talked about, right? People who are talking to a lot of other people at need and then one, establishing yourself as an expert because... I remember when I got my real estate license, my brother sent a very mean text to me. He said, uh, congratulations, you and half of Utah now have your real estate license. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people get their real estate license. That doesn't necessarily mean they're experts in the field. So I think that on the connections and the, the people of influence that you do have, um, if you can establish yourself as an expert and tell them stories of, hey, there was this really complicated situation. This is what we're able to do to save them money. Um, tell them those types of stories because that, that establishes yourself as the expert. And so they're more likely to recommend you rather than Uncle Tom who doesn't, you know, he got his real estate license, but he does one case a year, right? So that's not gonna, that's not gonna help them at all. And then um, I think also with those families, like even with the families you're serving, you have to tell them what you're doing. And we do that in our service as well, because we found some of our employees were so effective at helping families. They were just doing like, oh, I took care of this. I took care of this. I took care of this. And the family didn't even know what we were doing for them. And we had to slow those people down and say, I know you're doing that for them. You need to explain why. 
right? Hey, I notified this company, which is the Direct Marketers Association, because in notifying them, they're going to take your loved one's information off of all the mailing lists across the country. And that will prevent fraud or a lot of a lot of uh, junk mail coming to your house, but it'll also prevent opportunities for fraud because some people use junk mail to apply for pre-approved credit card offers, things like that. So the reason why I did that is to per, to protect you and your loved one from fraud. You know, 2.5 million deceased individuals get their identity stolen every year, and and we don't want that to happen to you and your family. So explaining what you're doing um, helps build in their mind. Wow, this person really is an expert. And I'm going to tell all my loved ones what value I got out of that service. Um, because if you do it and you do a great job, they might just think that's what every agent would do. But explaining what you're doing is going to leave that like feeling of, wow, they really went the extra mile for me. And so if I could recap what he's saying is anything we do, there's really three things, three levels of pleasure the customer get. One is that you got it done and they don't not have it done. But number two is, you got done and you let them know it got done, right? So for example, I put the listing sign, um, the listing service company, the sign company sends me a text or an email with a picture of the sign up. I send that to the customer so they know it was done. Maybe they're not at the property for the reason. And the third is let them know why it's done. And that's the third and most important. And for all of you on the call who are new and say, well, what do I do? How do I you know, broadcast on social media? You've got this video, you've got that clip, you have Alyssa talking about it here right now, you can share these tools and talk about what you do, what you learned by you just showing that they're learning through you. You position yourself as an expert, even if you haven't done one deal yet. The fact that you know these processes put you ahead of 99% of your competition. That's the, the critical link. So good, thank you there, appreciate that. So you were a real estate agent, I think you said part-time or for a period of time. What's the biggest, and, and I'll take off your, your um, uh, after uh, after circle care, I'm sorry, full circle aftercare hat now. Uh, talk about real estate agents. Um, what's the biggest mistake you've seen real estate agents making trying to build their business? Um, I think leveraging just the idea that because you know me, they're going to use me or they should use me. And mm -hmm. then um, that's not necessarily the case. I think that they have to give people a reason why. In fact, when I was doing just real estate back in the day, uh, I would get very offended because some of my close friends and people that knew me wouldn't use me because they were afraid, well, if I do business with a, my friends, that's going to hurt our relationship, right? So I, I, I think I relied too much on relationships of my close family and friends um, and, then, and then felt very offended when that didn't happen. Um, instead of looking at influence centers and looking at people that can refer business to me on more of a professional relationship and then building value for them. What do they want? What do they need in order to get that value? Um, so for example, we had a tough time with a lot of our real estate agents as from our company, you know, we're sending a couple hundred leads to real estate agents a month. And, um, we were sending them to local agents all over the country. And it was hard to keep track because some of these agents just would never communicate back with us. And finally, I had an agent who asked me the question, what's, your, what's the hardest part for you with dealing with real estate agents? And I said, well, it's the fact that I never get communication. I never know what happens to these leads I send out. And so she came back and she's like, well, what if, I worked within my network and I have I can cover the whole state of Florida and I can take care of that and I will get you all the information, whether I help them or someone else on our team for another area of Florida. And then you've got all the communication back. Oh, man, that was a game changer for me. And it all came from the fact that she was asking me that one question. What's the hardest part of of doing business with me? So I think as a real estate agent, I would say the same thing to families or to influence centers. What's the hardest part about sending a family to an agent? What's the thing that you're most concerned about? Listen to what they have to say. Well, I don't get enough communication back, or I don't know if I'm sending them to the right resource, or I don't know what's gonna to happen to the family when I send a referral your way. And then, and then calm their fears, help listen to what their concern is, 
solve that concern, and then you're going to be the principal source for uh, getting those referrals. That's cool. I mean, that for I hope you guys are all. I'm learning this. I'm being reminded of some of these things, and I hope you all are as well. That's why we have them on here. Um, okay, good. So again, other just uh, last call questions, comments. If you're watching on the live stream. Uh, some of stuff is kind of mind blowing, and I'm kind of digesting myself here as I'm talking. Um, feel free to jump in with questions, comments. If you're on the Zoom call, uh, feel free to put a question in. We'll get to that, and or if you want to come in and talk to Matthew or ask a question live. Be glad to do that. Um, Daniel asked a question. I think I can answer this one. So correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew. Do these private experts get the wholesale price? I think the answer is any professional buys at the wholesale price. Um, the retail price is for a consumer who's buying it, but right. the wholesale price is for professionals to buy it and give it to the consumer. Um, right. Yeah. So the answer is yes, we get the wholesale price uh, by virtue of being on this call, special offer. Um, let's see. You know, one, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Next question. I do have one tip that I want to share with everyone that uh -huh. could make it more valuable for the families they serve. And it's still mm -hmm. social security benefits. But go ahead and ask, ask the question. Well, let me get her in because she, she's got her hand up, but I want to get her in. Uh, I think she can. Janie? Yes. Hi, yes. You, have a, you have a question you want to oh, ask? Well, I wanted to ask because of all the privacy rules and such, do you need like a power of attorney or whatever to deal with these credit card companies or how, you know? Um, Am I asking the question right? Yeah, I think no, so. That's, that's a great question. So uh, usually we try to avoid going to the step of getting a power of attorney. So we, like a real estate agent, um, sometimes people are asking real estate agents to do things that are more in line with what an attorney should do. Um, and we try to walk the line of this side of, of trying to represent people at like getting a power of attorney. We feel like that's crossing a line. So. In like dealing with a credit card or maybe it's a pension, oftentimes we'll have the next of kin on the phone with us and we're calling them representing, you know, the funeral home or uh, agent or whoever and saying, the fact of the matter is you have a grieving family over here who's very raw and emotional. And then you have this employee over here who's very in the professional mindset. And those two talking to each other is not always a formula for success. And so having us in between as an intermediary and what we're really able to do is we're able to talk about all the lingo that they understand and get into the phone system the way that we, you know, all the shortcuts and everything. And then we're saying, hey, I have the loved one on the phone here, but I'm reporting the death of so-and-so. I have this information. We need to fill out form 721. We need to fill out this form. And, and talking to them in their lingo, most of those agencies just say, okay, that's what we'll do. So we've we've learned all those tips and tricks. And then if they need permission from the family, which a few agencies do, especially government agencies, they'll say, oh, do I have permission to address both of you on this phone call? The family member will say yes. And then we can go from there. So the common approach. Great, great question. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. I just dealt with this before earlier, about an hour and a half ago. I had a client who has a, has a mob, uh, manufactured home at a park and lays a little, I strong, very emotional, and kind of burned out the management company at this part. And I'm on the phone with them as her as her agent. And she said, Well, you know, I can't really give you that answer. I've talked to her. I said, Well, I'm here to help. I'm gonna send you an email. I'm gonna copy her on it to me. You can reply to her or not. If you want me to help you though, uh, but you said she's difficult. That's why I'm here. Um, do the math on that one. But uh anyhow, uh, that I'm sure they much rather deal with a professional. Um and then we had another uh, question. Oops, I, lost, I just lost that one. Where do we go here? Uh, was it uh, Wes? Did you have a question as well? Uh, let's see if I get you unmuted. Wes, I just I know that you were unmuted. Uh, unmuted. There we go. Do you have a question as well, Wes? No. Wes, last call. Testing one, two, three. Unbelievable. Wes, you there? Hello? He can't hear us. Okay, I guess not. Okay, there you go. The technology of Zoom. And uh, so that's another question. How has the COVID slash um, movement to Zoom and virtual contact, I'm sure you must have had to have more live personal contacts in the past. And now 
so much has moved to Zoom. In my experience, even the most tech backward customer has a daughter, granddaughter, niece that can help them get set up. That must have changed your whole business. Oh, absolutely. It became a huge change. We used to, even like these funeral homes, we would have to fly out and onboard them. And uh, that was a huge expense. And now we can onboard them all by, via Zoom. It's wonderful. Um, and almost every family prefers to meet via Zoom or just over the phone directly. Uh, that's, uh, it's been a big game changer for us. And it's also more comfortable for a lot of these family members. You know, They're dealing with the loss of a loved one, Sometimes they don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes they don't want someone coming into their home and, you know, they have to feel like they have to clean it up or whatever. Uh, and so they can do it by Zoom with a blurred background and they're completely comfortable and we're meeting them where they're at. Yeah, it's been a it's been a complete game changer, I think, uh, for my business, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about attorneys. I'm not sure what percentage of your business is attorneys, but it must be a portion, a piece of it. Um, how do you market to them? Uh, they're typically not in as big companies as hospice centers or, or uh, uh, funeral homes. How, how do you, is it more of a one at a time? Is it your social media that brings them in? How do you get to attorneys? A little bit of both. So we, uh, social media is new with attorneys. We find that they don't use social media as much as uh, some of our funeral homes uh, do. But um, yeah, it started with uh, associations. So we found smaller associations. So one of the associations we joined was Lawyers with a Purpose. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't heard of that association, it's fantastic. Uh, it's specifically for trust and estate and probate attorneys. So they're all going to be dealing with needs for real estate agents. We partnered with them and they uh, got our information out to all their attorneys. And that was a huge growth pattern for us. We also have a marketer in, in office that once we find an area where we need an attorney referral source, we'll call them. And then uh, once the attorney finds out what we do, the number one thing that they always say is, oh, you do all the things the family wants me to do, but I don't want to charge them for it. And so once they hear that, we're in like Flynn and we take care of all of their customers. So it's been, uh, it's been, pretty good working with attorneys for us. And I think that is the, the opportunity for us as real estate agents is those same attorneys don't want to do the work. They may or may not see the value enough to pay for it. But if we're offering to pay for it as the realtor in exchange for the referral, you have to get all of the referrals. If you got one of three or one of four, but you paid for their clients who filed a probate and just ask for the chance to do a property evaluation or somehow uh, get involved early in the contact point, the most attorneys are going to appreciate that for free. Some would even pay for it. That's another level. But I would say almost all of them would appreciate doing that for free. Now, I'm sure they want to oversee it or there's some sort of, you must have some sort of reporting or something you do for the attorney to see that things are being done or summarize what's going on with them. Yeah, we have a live dashboard. So all of our um, processes are captured within a CRM system that's ours. And then that goes to a live dashboard that they can log in and they can see every family that we're helping, the exact status and everything we help the family with. And then um, with most of our clients, once again, asking them what's in it for them, right? So re referral sources, we really wanna keep them happy. So one thing we always ask every family we serve is to go leave a Google review for whoever sent them to us, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, and then we send them that link and we also get feedback. Hey, what was your experience working with the such and such attorney? So we get feedback on our end and ask for the Google review. And then we we do that in a live dashboard, all the feedback we're able to get from each family. So in order, so you know, part of my intention of this was to offer this to the trainers I work with. And again, exchange, you know, at my cost, uh, I'm glad to do it. it. Makes my job easier. I'll save time that would pay for the $200 myself, right. let alone get the referrals. But in order to, to promote it properly, I probably need a deeper dive. As much as I appreciate your time here today, how would I get a little more information? I know your website, is there particular training videos or particular place you would point me to to say, here's how to learn how to present the material to an attorney? Yeah, we have a um, an agent who can help you. His name is Kevin. And you can email him. Let me put his email in the chat. And he can kind of go through... Um, um, kind of a training of how to present it and what to say and 
and what questions they're going to ask you, and then as well as brochure resources if you want to order any of those. Fantastic. And maybe I'll, I'll reach out to him and maybe if it makes sense, I'll do a training with him and make it available to other people at the same time and help Kevin hit multiple people um, and be more efficient with that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Fantastic. All right, good. Um, other questions? Again, I really appreciate his time and learning myself, as well as I think this is an opportunity for all of us that if we just, and again, talk to the trainees you already know and offer a service like this, whether you want to pay for it or offer it for them to pay for it, I don't think that's the key distinction. If you know the product really well, you'll sell it for 200 bucks and a trainee's going to go for it uh, or just offer it because to me it seems uh, pretty cheap. Um, okay. Um, I don't see any other chat. Was this topic helpful? You guys, to me, this is phenomenal. Um, I, the second I talked to him, uh, and Alyssa was nice enough to put everybody together, um, but is this too high level? Are we on the right page here with you guys? And I guess my next question would be, I would love to get uh, talk to Kevin myself, but I also think that it'd be nice to have, me have a follow-up with Kevin, either on this podcast or separately and invite people who want to do that. Join, if you're interested in that, put yes. Be honest, if it's not worth your time, just let me know. I don't want to waste anybody's time here, but I thought it was great. Very helpful thing. Okay, guys, so some of you guys are kind of sitting there, they're staring at me with your mouth open, like I am, because this is really insightful, and I'm and I'm here thinking of all the different ways I can use it. Um, uh, so thank you, Scott. Thank you for the feedback. Good. Okay. Yeah, I, have, I have some information when you're helping a probate family that's mm -hmm. going to be critical. So four years ago, Social Security was audited. They looked at spouses who should have received an increased benefit when their spouse passed away what percentage of them did actually receive that full benefit and surprisingly only 18 percent of all widows and widowers receiving their full spousal benefits from social security wow 82 percent of the widows and widowers we work with don't so there's two ways to help them with that one when they go into a funeral home every funeral home in america is going to tell the family don't worry about social security we take care of it so that family is not going to worry about social security they're going to think it's taken care of for a spouse if you want spousal benefits you have to call schedule an appointment with social security and link the work records if they don't link those work records there's no benefits that come to that spouse right even if social even if the funeral home told them that it's taken care of it's not what? So that's the first thing you should people, tell your family. People mislead you? Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? The second thing that you should, that, that funeral homes tell families that's wrong is what's going to happen when you die, when your loved one dies, is Social Security is going to deposit a check this month, and then they're going to pull that back out. That's normal. Don't worry about it. Okay, so to understand this, it's a little bit more in depth. Social Security pays one month in arrears. So the check they receive in June is not June's check. It's actually May's check, right? Now, if someone dies today, Social Security is going to pay that check into the account. They're going to get the death notification. They're going to pull that check back out. But because they lived the entire month of May, the family is still due that payment. Mm -hmm. So you need to explain to the family that if Social Security pulled it back, if they lived the entire month previous, they're still due their payment. And the way to fill get that payment is a form called SSA 1724. If you search, just Google SSA 1724, you will find out the form that is to claim that last payment. Sometimes it comes up just as SS uh, 1724. Then you come up either way. Social Security form 1724, they can use that to claim that last payment which could sometimes mean a couple thousand dollars that the family didn't think that they deserved but they did get it and if you can tell them that as an agent and they can get that extra two thousand dollars wow your value just skyrocketed as an expert helping them through probate well it also changes the conversation on commissions you can save your customer a couple thousand dollars and you haven't done any business with them yet to me that's just a, a home run yeah. So um, yeah, definitely fantastic. Right. I hope that I hope that's useful. I don't know if it was too technical, but those two things: make sure they link the work record, you get spousal benefits, and then claim that last payment through Form seventeen twenty four. And, and again, I think the, uh, I'm taking notes here as I'm talking to you. Um, for most agents to say, "Well, what what content do I write about?" He just gave you two more, right? The SSA 
2024 and linking the work records. There's two different posts you can have regarding uh, how to help people in the time of need. And I think the obvious thing is you you post this on your Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, you're giving information, you're not calling them out for somebody dying, you're just telling the world, here's a technique or a tool. But obviously they see that and their aunt or uncle just passed away. Their cousin goes, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed with this. Well, call Bill, he knows about this stuff. He seems to have a, be pretty tied in with some detailed information. That's what we want. So um, please uh, feel free. Okay, so can I put that in the chat? I'm not really sure what info you're referring to. The SSA and the and the linking, I'll put that in the chat, I guess. Those are my notes. Um, take it from there. Okay, um, we're coming up on the end of time here. And I, as I mentioned, guys, I'm hosting a, um, thank you, Brian, for the feedback. Appreciate it. I'm hosting an event here locally in Mid Wilshire at the Brew, um, what is it called? Um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, the brewery on uh, All Season Brewery on La Brea. So come, I'll buy a free beer for real estate agent or with a business card. And uh, love to see you there in person. Um, thanks again to Alyssa and Inherit Now for uh, being a key vendor in our business. And more importantly, in this case, particularly, introducing us to Matthew. Matthew, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate everything you've done. I'm gonna reach out to Kevin and maybe we'll, if Kevin's up to for it, we'll do like a follow-on or I'll do a special interview or we'll do something with him as well, okay? Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. And for the rest of you, um, this is probably weekly. We do this every Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time. We do it at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then we live stream it on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Feel free if you have questions there uh, or comments in the chat. Love, uh, love to have you there. Like it. Subscribe if you like the YouTube, and that way you'll get it regularly get notified. Uh, but we also, if you want to sign up and come in live, we love this topic was a little different in that it wasn't as real estate agent practice oriented, but it could, but some of them are. And so feel free to join the Zoom of Eventbrite, uh, go to probateweekly.com, sign up, and you can come in, get the Zoom link and come and ask questions. Um, okay, I have a question, Michelle. Put a question in the chat box if you have a question. Linda, how do we get on the leads list? That's a question we didn't ask Matthew. Let's do this. Let's leave that one for Kevin. How do we get on the leaves list? Neil, I'm sure what people were, uh, and I got a thumbs up for Matthew on that one. So we will talk there as well. And then um, uh, Michelle, uh, reach out directly because we're going to wrap up here. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you guys next week and appreciate all your support.